The Titans head to Jacksonville this weekend to take on the Jaguars, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time, another road game in Florida. We are going to preview this matchup now. This is the Music City Audible. Let's get to it. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports Media in partnership with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. With me, as always, Justin Mello. And Justin, feels like the season ended last week for the Titans, maybe a little bit, but it keeps going. We got to play the Jags this week, their second division game of the year. And honestly, like playoffs aren't, it's not out of the question. If the Titans run the table, they could make the playoffs, don't you think? No, I don't. I don't think that at all. I think, uh, I mean, look, back-to-back losses to two very average teams, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Very winnable games. They didn't win either of them. They didn't even really come close to contending in one of them, you know, which was Sunday's 26 loss to the Bucks. No, this team cannot make the playoffs. They're going to keep losing football games. They're going to lose this game to Jacksonville on Sunday. I think they win one, maybe two more games the rest of the year. So, no, I do not think uh, the playoffs are within reach. What a great, enthusiastic way to start this episode. I hope Titans fans that clicked on this link, they're like, yeah, I'm excited to stick with this episode of the Music City. No, they're not going to win You know, this game on Sunday, and they're not going to win more than, I would say, two games max the rest of the year. Spoiler alert. Now we don't have to predict this game at the end of the episode. No, I still um, got to give Jack- you a final score prediction. <laughs> there you go. And you don't know what I'm going to go with. So in your face, we do have to end the episode same way we always <laughs> do with a final score prediction. So the Jags and the Titans currently have inverse records. The Titans are three and six. The Jags are six and three. And they're coming off a loss to the 49ers. Thirty four to three loss last weekend at home to San Francisco. But before that, they had won five straight games. The last three of those games were against teams that the Titans have lost to, all three of them, Colts, Saints, Steelers. Then they host the 49ers at home and get blown out 34-3, never even really looked competitive in that game. Trevor Lawrence was sacked on like their first two third down attempts, and the Niners just ran away with the game. This is not going to be a similar story for the Titans. This is actually probably the worst timing for the Titans, depending on what you're rooting for at this point in the year for the Jags to get blown out because now they're going to get a chance to reset. They get a division opponent coming into town. There's no way they are not ready to play against the Titans on Sunday. And the question about the Titans is, can they even compete with this Jags team at this point in the year with the injuries they've dealt with to the offensive line, to the defensive backfield, to the quarterback change with Will Levis coming in? Can he continue to show promise? And that's really All we're looking for as Titans fans for the rest of the season is can Will Levis continue to show promise and can some of the other young players on the team show that they're building blocks worth building around as the Titans head into this offseason. So prospects for this game, I mean, we can talk briefly about it here. Let's talk about the Jags offense against the Titans defense. The Jags are 19th in total offense yards, 15th in total points per game, 17th in passing yards per game. 15th in rushing yards per game, and they are 20th in sacks allowed in a bad way. So they're 20th best at allowing sacks. They've allowed the 20th most sacks in the league this year. It's not a great offense. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Trevor Lawrence being 
one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. He hasn't really been that statistically dominant this season. Calvin Ridley hasn't, he's had a couple of good games, but he hasn't been like this transcendent number one receiver that Jags fans would have hoped him to be this year. Christian Kirk has maybe still been their most, you know, productive and and most like consistent receiver this season. Evan Ingram, they brought back on a big contract in the offseason. He's been okay. He's been good, but he hasn't been great. Travis Etienne has been good. He hasn't been great. A lot. That's how you can say for a lot of this offense. Is that going to matter when they go up against the Titans defense on Sunday? Or is this Titans defense going to make Trevor Lawrence look like an elite quarterback that many hope he can become in this game just because their defense has been pretty bad, especially at defending the pass this year? Yeah, I think the Jacksonville offense will have a lot of success against this Titans defense on Sunday. I don't think there's much to be worried about, and I don't fully agree with some of your assessments. I, I do think this offense isn't as good as it could be, and certainly not as good as they hoped it would be. Like when you talk about, I think you said 17th in total yards. Was it 19th in passing yards? Like I think those are things that will be very disappointing to Doug Peterson and his staff. Um, with that said, I think they've got the medicine <laughs> for some of that this Sunday. Like, I, I want, Sorry, what I, what I meant by saying I don't fully agree, I think Evan Ingram's been pretty damn good from what I've seen this year. Just hasn't really reached the end zone. I think that's sort of hurting the overall numbers, but he's been a consistent threat week-to-week basis. I can say that with confidence because I've got him in fantasy, and it feels like the yardage total is always there every single week. They're just not getting him enough looks in the red zone, and I think ETN has been has been pretty damn great as well from, from the attention that I've paid. So, But I do think guys like Christian Kirk, I mean, Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, even they, I mean, they should have a field day with this Titans defense on Sunday, especially the secondary. So, no, I don't think Jacksonville's quite where they want to be, and I think that's an interesting storyline. And I said that going into the year. I, I wasn't convinced, despite the record being what it is, I wasn't convinced that they were sort of going to go from good to great. I think they've sort of gone from good to a little bit better, uh, yeah. which, again, I, I don't think was the goal for them this year. I, I think by this year, they thought they'd be ready to compete. Um, you know, with the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC, with some of the other heavyweights in the league. And I think Sunday's loss, I mean, 34-3 to the San Francisco 49ers, that's extremely humbling. I mean, you look at the winning streak. Yes, they beat teams um, that beat the Titans, but that's not the measuring stick for them anymore, right? Like a lot of those teams beating the Steelers, beating the Colts, beating the Saints, not super impressive for a team that thinks they can compete for a Super Bowl. What 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 is more telling than that is losing 34-3 to a legitimate Super Bowl contender in the San Francisco 49ers. So I think both of these things are true where we can say the Jags are well ahead of the Titans. In fact, I wrote an article on Broadway that I'll publish on either Wednesday or Thursday that says that, you know, it's humbling and Titans fans are going to hate it, but the Jags are maybe an example, a measuring stick for the Titans to follow in their quest to get back to the AFC South, the top of the AFC South. I kind of looked at how they've built a supporting cast around Trevor Lawrence. And yes, it's not the number one ranked offense. It's not as good as it could be, but it's certainly a lot better than where the Titans are. And I think the Titans, you know, are in a similar situation where they're going to enter an offseason where they're going to have a ton of cap space like the Jags did once upon a time. And they're going to be tasked with building a supporting cast around their young quarterback in Will Levis. And say what you will, I think for the most part, Jacksonville's done a pretty good job at that. They're starting three draft picks on the offensive line. One of them, in my opinion, is playing quite good in Walker Little. And two of them are, are playing at an acceptable level in Anton Harrison, who's a rookie, by the way, and will continue getting better, and a, mm-hmm. a starting center in Luke Fortner. The Titans haven't had that success drafting offensive linemen. Not for a <laughs> lack of trying, right? There's the Dylan Raiden's miss. 
misses, the Isaiah Wills. We know them all the misses, right? So not for a lack of trying per se, but the point is Jacksonville have hit on those picks and the Titans have it. And then I look at the supporting cast. We, you know, we, we made fun of Ev- the Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk additions once upon a time. I, I think they've paid off for that team. And the Calvin Ridley gamble, don't forget, they didn't give up a whole lot in that trade with the Falcons because they got him during the suspension. Yes, it hasn't reached its ceiling, but I mean, he's still going to finish probably with, you know, 900 receiving yards. I think they thought they were getting a 1200, 1300 yard receiver, but I'm rambling now. But I think the point is this team isn't where they want to be yet. The Jaguars certainly, and it's maybe even been a bit disappointing. I'd go as far as saying that, but it's certainly uh, they're, they're way ahead of where the Titans are. Yeah, I agree with that. Calvin Ridley currently sits at 471 receiving yards through nine games. So project that out to 17 and you get, yeah, right around 900 there. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I just want to say, like, back to my original point, I just expected him to be better at this point in his career, given the pedigree of where when he was drafted and, and when he came out as a college prospect as like the best quarterback since Andrew Luck and all the buzz that was, you know, hyped up around him. He's been an above average NFL quarterback so far. He's been a good NFL quarterback, but not a great one. And this season, he currently sits 18th in passer rating. Now, passer rating isn't everything, of course, but he's ranked 18th in the league in terms of passer rating. He has nine touchdown passes in nine games against six interceptions. Like, just ask Doug Peterson if that's where he would have wanted Trevor Lawrence to be through nine games, and I guarantee you... Jags fans would have been saying he's got 20 touchdowns through nine games. Come on. How could he not? You know, if you go back to August and he's sitting there with nine passing touchdowns and six interceptions, I just think that he could be better. And Jags fans probably think that he's better than he is. Now, all that said, he's going to look like the elite quarterback that he can one day become against the Titans on Sunday. I really believe that. I think he's going to go close to 300 yards passing two plus passing touchdowns. Like I don't think the the Titans defense is going to be able to hold Trevor Lawrence and the, they are allowing a lot of sacks. You know, they, they give up five to the 49ers. This is a good test to see if this Titans front four that had so much hype coming into the year can actually be productive against a team that is allowing sacks to happen. You know, it's kind of similar to that Falcons matchup. They were going up against a team that had been allowing a lot of sacks and they came through in that game with six sacks on uh, combined on Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. Can these guys, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Danico Autry, can they step up in this game? Arden Key, Tier Tart, all of them. Can they step up in this game and put pressure on Trevor Lawrence? Because I think that that is, in his young career right now, the kind of the key to beating him. If you can hit him early and often, you can rattle him and you can throw him off. If he has time in that pocket, and you just talked about their offensive line and what they've built up there, if he has time in the pocket, he's going to pick apart the Titans defense. And I think... You can say this for a lot of games, but the key for the Titans defense in this one is really going to come down to how much they can pressure Trevor Lawrence. And creating turnovers, which is not something they've done at an effective rate this year. I mean, they've created seven through, what, nine games now? I mean, less than a turnover per game is not where they want it to be on that topic, where Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen wanted this defense to be. So, yeah, there are some keys to this game. Uh, You know, again, the pressure that you mentioned, creating turnovers that I mentioned. But overall, I'd be lying to you if I said I had a much of a positive out. In fact, I have such a negative outlook. Call or call it what you want that uh, this morning on, a, of course, a different website. You know, I write for a lot of Titans-based places. I published <laughs> uh, my first Titans mock draft of the year. I decided, what the heck am I going to do uh, for content this morning? I'll be honest. I, w- I wasn't sure where to go. I go, you know what? I think the timing is now. I think that the, any dwindling hope that you had of this team making the playoffs evaporated with that loss on Sunday. 
Uh, so I go, you know what? It's, it's a good time to look at the draft and maybe do the first Titans-based mock. So I released a three-round Titans mock draft uh, you can find on my Twitter feed if you're interested. And it was a fun exercise. It really was. Who's your first pick there? I took Olu Fashanu, the Penn State tackle, okay. with the number seventh overall selection. And I thought, I was hoping he was going to be there. You know, I mean, these simulations, they're all over the place. You never know what you're going to get. But I think that's what Titans fans probably expect and want to see uh, a tackle. I'll, I'll tell you the most fun that I had with that three-round simulation, and I encourage everyone to go uh, click on it and read it. But uh, three-round simulation, as you may know, the Titans don't have a third-round pick right now, right, as a result of the Will Levis trade-up. So I was sort of experimenting with how can they get one, and I wasn't going to sit there and trade players. How far would they have to move back? So I I didn't move back in the first round. As of now, I don't think that's a strategy that's going to make sense for the Titans. I I think, in fact, I might have mentioned this last week, or I might have thought it. I don't know. But right now, I I don't think you're guaranteed to get one of those top two tackles. Right. And Joe Alter, Olu Fashanu, if you're picking outside the top five, I think you're right on the cusp. It'll be close, but you're not guaranteed. And I don't think the Titans are going to get into the top four. Certainly not the top four of this draft, no matter how bad you think they are. I promise you, you know, the Carolina Panthers, the New York Giants, uh, the New England Patriots, like all. I know the Panthers don't own their pick, but it still matters. Right. Because their pick belongs to the Bears. None of those teams are worse than the Titans. Panthers, Patriots. Uh, Giants so bad. They might not win another game all year. Right? I expect the Titans will win another one or two games. So you're not getting into the top three or four. That You're going to be right on that cusp. I think they're going to pick five, six, or seven if I was guessing right now. Um, so you're not trading back from there. But uh, I think, you know, once I got to the second round, and I had, I was based, you know, the, the the draft order was based on current projections. Titans have the seventh pick as of right now before Monday Night Football uh, kicks off. We recorded this on Monday if I didn't just give it away, but um, <laughs> had the seventh pick. So if you're picking 39th in the second round, where do you have to go? I was able to trade back to 47, and that was enough to pick up a third round pick in this draft. So I thought that was interesting. And the way I was looking at it, you get your tackle in the first round. Um, uh, second round, obviously a little tougher to predict, but I think the Titans could look to a, for a receiver in that second yeah. round. Personally, I mean, there are other positions they'll give, I think they'll give consideration to, but right now my personal preference would be a receiver. And uh, this is a really good receiver class. So I think if you are picking there in the thirties, potentially 39, even 40th, I think they would have an opportunity to move back, pick up a third rounder and still get a good quality receiver in the second round. So that's the sweet spot right now. Who did you pick there? Was that like a Troy Franklin? Was that like a Adonai Mitchell? You actually knocked it right out of the park with the first one. I got Troy Franklin out of Oregon with that pick. And he's a guy that I, you know, I, I, you mentioned Mitchell from Texas. Like I think one of those guys are probably going to be available. Like this is a really, really deep class. I think right now, obviously Harrison's going one. I think Keon Coleman's probably the next receiver drafted. And then you've got, you know, Leget, uh, Xavier, uh, Sorry, Xavier Worthy from Texas. Xavier Leggett is in is going to be in that first round mix. Uh, uh, the the Washington receiver is going to be in that first round Rome, mix. Rome so, Odunze, I, the LSU kid, uh, the other Malik Ohio Neighbors. State kid. Like this is such a damn Emeka good receiver Yaguka. class that there are going to be good quality receivers available in the second round. So the Titans are picking where they're where they're probably going to be picking in the second round. I think that's prime real estate to move back, pick up that third that you don't have, and still get one of those receivers. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we're going to talk a lot about this over the next few I know months, I got carried so. away there, but hey, it's, <laughs> they got no, nothing else to look you. forward to. Let's, no, I mean, I'm kidding, but Honestly. I'm, I'm still interested in watching Will Levis the rest of this season. I really am. So that's what I'm looking forward to on Sunday. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate you bringing that up. Make sure you guys check out that mock draft there, even though we kind of spoiled the first two picks. Um, And in the meantime, let's spin this podcast around to look at the Titans offense against the Jacksonville defense because you talk about Will Levis. Well, I've got good news for you. We kind of expected Will Levis to have a big day against the Bucs because they've been so bad against the pass and especially seeing what they had just done, you know, against C.J. Stroud. Unfortunately, the Bucks were not that easy to pass on, and they couldn't pr- pass protect. The offensive line couldn't give Will Levis time, and it just was a disaster offensively as the Titans finished with just six points. This Jacksonville defense is 30th in passing yards allowed per game. They are 15th in total defense, but that's because they're 5th in rushing yards allowed per game, but 30th in passing yards allowed per game, and they're 28th in the league in total sacks They have 18 sacks this year in nine games. That's an average of two sacks per game. If the offensive line cannot pass protect against this defense that has 18 sacks in nine games, then what are we even doing with these guys? Because, look, they're going to have their moments where a stunt gets home and they get pressure. Josh Allen wins a rep, but double team Josh Allen and you should be pretty okay across the board from there. Now, am I worried about whoever starts at left tackle against Trayvon Walker because Trayvon Walker is such a great athlete that hasn't necessarily been very productive in his NFL career so far, but the fact that the Titans' offensive line is so bad that he might be able to use raw athleticism and not need technique to get by the left tackle, whether it's Dylan Radins or, or whoever they throw out there, I am a little bit worried, but I will say... The Titans have a great opportunity here to take advantage of a weak pass defense and a weak pass rush and let Will Levis cook in this game and give the kids some confidence. You know, one thing that drove me crazy about the last week's game is the Titans find themselves in a second and 20 situation and they call a handoff and a screen pass. And it's like they never gave Will Levis a chance. And Paul Kaharski even tweeted this out. When Paul Kaharski's tweeting about play calling, you know things are going south because he's usually the guy defending like, well, players have to execute and you never know and blah, 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 whatever. He's not usually, I mean, he he's critical of the team, but he doesn't usually get in the weeds when it comes to like specific play calling sequences, right? And he's c- criticizing the sequence. And what he said was, it feels like the Titans coaching staff doesn't know that they have Will Levis, a guy who can get them out of these situations. Now, we just saw it on Thursday night, last the game before this one. And they get him out of a first and 23 situation because Will Levis throws a dart to DeAndre Hopkins. He gets him out, out of a third and 13. Zone. Out of his own end zone. He gets him out of a third and 13 situation, navigating pressure, sidestepping one guy, jumping into another guy who's hitting him in the chest as he delivers a perfect ball to Nick Westbrook-Akina to convert the third and 13. It's like they they aren't giving him a chance to elevate the roster because they... I talked about this on the on the preview show. It's like they're... We still haven't seen Will Levis operate a true dropback passing game for more than like a drive at a time. And those are usually two-minute drills because they keep calling these like screen plays and these little dump-off plays and like this, this screen to Henry thing that like just isn't working. The Titans cannot block to execute a screen pass and they continue to call them. And they had a really nice play in the Bucks game where they faked a screen and they faked a screen and Levis hit Josh Wiley over the top. And it was like the best play of the day as far as a schematic standpoint goes. And sure, you set that up by calling a lot of screens leading up to it. But I just want to see Will Levis get the chance to like drop back and execute a, a real passing game because this is a defense that he should be able to do that against. And if they don't give him a chance, we're not going to learn anything about this young quarterback. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point, and I'd love to see it. I just, 
for me until I, I, I see this offensive line and we're in week 11, whatever it is now, but until yeah. I see this offensive line kind of give them a better chance after what we saw on Sunday, I, I don't know that I've got a lot of faith in their ability to sort of string together anything offensively. Um, uh, if you watch the press conference on Monday, Mike Rabel said that Andre Dillard's in the concussion protocol. Look, not that that really matters. Having Andre Dillard out there doesn't make them a better offensive line, but uh, no. you're probably going to have your you, you might, you, your third different starting left tackle this season, I assume, uh, in Dylan Radens. But uh, Rabel le- you know, was very lukewarm on Radens' performance at left tackle after he switched over from right guard in this game. So uh, it, it, Vrabel actually opened the door that Jalen Duncan could compete for a starting spot at left tackle. So maybe they're going to give Duncan his first career start this weekend, right? It'll, it'll be really interesting to monitor what they do on the O-line, and hopefully they get Daniel Brunskill back healthy. I, I would think they probably will. Uh, but if not, I mean, maybe that opens the possibility that Raiden starts at right guard and Jalen Duncan at left tackle. Right. Or maybe they go with Andrew Rupsich, um, essentially, for a second consecutive week who they had elevated from the practice squad. So there are probably going to be some more moving pieces across this O-line um, on Sunday against Jacksonville. And that, that doesn't give me a ton of confidence that they're going to be able to even with all the sack numbers you read, I still think, you know, Josh Allen, even, you know, Trayvon Walker, who's had success in spurts this year. I still think those are probably some big time mismatches for this Titans O-line. Yeah, that's true. And that'll be the big test here is like, this isn't a great pass rush, but it might not matter because the Titans offensive line hasn't been good against not great pass rushes. They've been bad basically every game this season. So I do think the Titans offensive line will struggle to open holes in the run game. As I mentioned, Jacksonville fifth in rushing yards allowed per game and the Titans run game. You know, they have a beast in Derrick Henry, but they also have a guy that the run game can be very predictable at times. And it felt very predictable last sun- last Sunday against the Bucks when Eric Henry's first four carries went for minus four yards because they kept running him in very predictable situations and people kept whiffing on blocks and Henry gets hit in the backfield. And, you know, for all of Henry's strengths, one thing that is not a strength of his is avoiding a guy that gets through the line of scrimmage and hits him in the backfield. Like if Derrick Henry gets hit before he has a head of steam going, it's been a, a thing his whole career, you know, and he was fortunate not good for to, any running back, but I know what you mean. It's, it's not, just, it's not, it's but not, there are guys that can like, yeah, of course, but there are those guys who's like, they have more of a, quick air short area quickness that like shiftiness in the backfield to like sidestep somebody that gets through the line of scrimmage right away i mean rashad white did it on that one play yeah that tier tart had him dead to rights in the background yeah and he was able to get out of it and pick up like eight or nine yards on the play tajay spears might be that kind of guy and you know for all of derrick henry's strength that's just not one of them so in this kind of game against a tough run defense when run calls are fairly predictable at times i do think this could be a game where derrick henry struggles He has also, you know, historically dominated the Jags. So maybe their play this year won't matter. And maybe he'll just like he's from Florida. He gets to go back and play in Florida. He wasn't good in Florida last week against Tampa Bay. But maybe this week he'll have some people he's from closer to Jacksonville than he is to Tampa Bay, which are not particularly close in the state of Florida. So, you know, maybe Derrick Henry goes out and has one of his classic playing back in Florida at home days. But I, I would be skeptical with the way the Titans offensive line has functioned the last few weeks to like, I wouldn't plug Henry into a daily fantasy lineup. I wouldn't take the over on his rushing yards at this point. Um, and that's not to say that he can't do it. I mean, he could break a big run because that's what he's done in Jacksonville historically. But I do think if the Titans offense is going to move the ball in this game, it's going to be on the, on the shoulders of Will Levis and the offensive line to give him time to find guys downfield. DeAndre Hopkins making plays downfield. Kyle Phillips continuing to come on. He's put a couple good games in a row together. Let's see if he can keep that going. 
Um, but that's kind of where I'm at with this Titans offense against the Jags defense. I don't have any further thoughts. Do you? I don't. Does that mean it's time to predict this game, Justin? It is. <laughs> All right. What do you got? <laughs> I'll go first since I, I essentially spoiled it. I am predicting a Jacksonville win. There's no way in hell I'm predicting the Titans win here. Uh, I will go 27-14, Jags. That's pretty reasonable. I'm going to go 24-17, Jags. I am not going to predict a Titans win. <laughs> Probably won't predict a Titans win again this year. Well, they play the Panthers coming up, so maybe we'll predict a Titans win there. Um, but it may, might be better for them to lose to the Panthers and get some draft pick shuffling going on. No, I'm just kidding. They're not going to do that. Uh, They're not going to anyway, lose to the Panthers. That's game... the one game I'm definitely going to probably <laughs> predict a win. Like, it'll, be, it'll be the Panthers. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we both predict a Titans loss here. Don't watch this game hoping the Titans I mean, hope the Titans win. Always hope the Titans win. But don't watch this game expecting to be disappointed if your team doesn't win like just go have fun watching will levis carve up the jags and know that he's going to do that for a decade to come right that's the only thing that's where i'm at to cling to right now so that'll do it thank you for everyone who listened to this and thank you more to those who watched on youtube make sure you're subscribed to the channel the music city audible and drop your game prediction in the comments below let us know what you think is going to happen in this game do the titans stand a chance let us know what you think in the comments. Uh, follow Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. You can follow me at Titans Film Room. We will be back to recap this game when it's over. And who knows if we'll have time to drop another video. In the meantime, I don't know if people are necessarily thirsting for film breakdowns right now with uh, the way the Titans are playing. So we'll see if I have time to get to something like that. You're not going to break down the play of Dylan Radins and Andrew Rupsich against the Bucks. Mm. I thought that's what everyone wanted to watch the offensive line play. Doesn't necessarily excite me. Maybe we should start doing some mock draft videos and start breaking down some draft prospects. That might get more attention right now than breaking down Dylan Radins. But anyway, we'll be back with a recap video for sure and maybe something else in between. So stay tuned to the channel for that. And until then, y'all stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.